Ladies and gentlemen, it is March 29th. It's the last Friday before April, Hutch. That's right. It's almost April Fool's Day. Well, sometimes it's what always, do, it's always are, April Fool's Day. What are you going to do to your children? I don't know. I, I, I can't wait to actually figure something out. I've been, I've been thinking about doing things like drawing on their face. You know what's great is the saran wrap over the toilet seat. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. But, then, but then you and Amanda have to clean it up. It might be worth it. <laughs> might be worth as it. As long as you videotape the reaction, it's worth it. Um, we are uh, we are in my own house. We're sitting in my uh, dining room right now, which has been turned into a podcast studio. And um, sponsored by Casa de Eisenhart. <laughs> we're actually bustling. We are, Casa de Eisenhart. <laughs> is that bustling word again? <laughs> so we are t- sponsored tonight by uh, Tim's Sugar Shack. Wait, what? Have you guys heard it? <laughs> The second week in a row, the wait what is back? Tim Sugar Shack, the, the guy's an award-winning um, maple syrup maker. He's from Whitefield, Maine, and uh, he is also uh, Josh Chase's dad and Tommy Chase's grandfather. And he's uh, he's something else. He's a one-man show, and he wins every year. He wins this maple syrup thing. So there we go. So there's the shout out to Tim Sugar Shack, and uh, we're also joined um, by Mad Max, and back by popular demand. Not just a Spanish teacher. He doesn't just look good in a singlet. He doesn't Thank just you. look like Sean McDermott. Notice the dramatic pause. Yeah. Ryan Hutchins is back. Welcome back, Hutch. Uh, thank you for having me. How, how have you been? Uh, you know, I'm a little sad since you left teaching, but I'm, I'm, I'm well, struggling through. That's one of us. <laughs> that's what I said the first time I left. <laughs> so we uh, give me five years. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, we'll exactly. back we'll see you back. So uh, the, the last podcast, you, you caught us um, at the back end of it. You didn't get to actually get on the podcast. And you said, dude, what the hell? And I'm the I, new Billy Goodman. And I thought, yeah, you did. You turned it. No, you're, but you're, you pay for your own food. Yeah, that's this is true. true. That's fair. You're you're nowhere near Billy Goodman, but you know who's creeping up on Billy Goodman? Oh. I think we all know who it is. Jason, do you know who this is? I think it might be me. It's not you. It's is it, not you. Is you're, it John the Hurricane Eisenhower? That's, he doesn't show up anymore. I know? can't remember the last time I saw him. We have He's a huge, ghost. We have a huge night tonight. I mean, there's 85 people in my dining room right now, <laughs> and they're all awesome people. They, they're still, I think, the only um, girls softball team to win... Not just one national championship. Two. But two. Am I right, Fran? Is, did you guys win two? Yes. 88 and 89, if I'm Eight, not mistaken. Yep. So that was the, uh, what was the actual league name? What was the, like, there's Little League, Babe Ruth. What was the? Big League Softball. Big League Softball. <laughs> and 88 and 89. It's, it's fuzzy at this point because we're at the 30th reunion. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have said that, should I, Lisa? <laughs> Lisa's looking at me like giving me the finger. I'm like, <laughs> So, so it's 30 years ago uh, this summer that these guys um, destroyed everybody in the country in, in softball. They were the, from a small city of Portland, Maine. They went out and d- destroyed everybody. So we got all of those, well, a bulk of the girls that uh, were willing to show up, uh, and one that's, you know, sick, quote unquote, and uh, one that's kind of about five feet away from the microphone. So we're going to see if we can warm those guys up. And, um, before we do that, Hutch, we have a new segment. Do you, have you heard about this new segment? I've heard it's Mad Max's Minutes. Mad, is, it, well, it started out as Mad Max Minute, 
but if you know Max... Well, the way he talks, that's why it's minutes. It's minutes. We go with plural. We kept it as vague as we could. As a language you you teacher, know. I, I know the difference between singular and plural. Was and, and O-M-O? There are parentheses around the S, too. Yeah, we just don't know. We don't know if it's going to be a minute. We don't know what he's going to do. But we, we made the mistake of telling him that we wanted three ridiculous things that have happened since our last podcast. And and I should have said one. I'm glad he didn't talk about me in those. Well, <laughs> you wait. <laughs> Mad Max. More to come. Mad Max is ours. <laughs> yes. So, Mad Max, are you ready? I am ready. I've decided that we're going to do a quick break, and I'm going to do I'm going to do a roll-in song for you with Mad Max minutes. I like nice Beyond Thunderdome. Like, wait, I like the cut from, of your from jib the, from the movie. Yeah, I think I'm going to do Beyond Thunderdome. There we go. Well played. There you go. All right, Tina Turner. Are you okay with that? I'm fine with that. There's nothing wrong with little Tina Turner every once in a while. All right, let us have it, Jason. What is the first of your Mad Max minutes? First is, I believe everybody probably has heard by now that the NFL has now made pass interference reviewable, both offensive and defensive. Now, this is obviously in, I think, in response to the missed call in the NFC Championship game. Absolutely, yep. And I heard a lot of people complaining the last couple of days saying, oh, the games are going to take forever now. What people aren't understanding is they didn't give you more challenges or more time to do these challenges. They just added something that is challengeable. Right. And I agree with it wholeheartedly. But it does seem a little crazy now because what's next? Review holding penalties right. and non-calls of holding penalties? Well, I want to know what's going what's to happen on, on a Hail Mary you know, those pass interference, like, that's... This, this pass interference on every Hail Mary. Yeah. Right. And then you're going you're gonna to slow down the game more. But you know, you know what? That play was so bad yes. that I have no problem. Because it, it, yeah. it, it happened in such a pivotal time and in such a huge game that it literally costs people money. I mean, you're costing the players money because they move on to the next round. They make money. They get endorsements. They get all kinds of reasons why and, that and, should be in the And for people saying that the Saints had bad play calls on that series... They shouldn't have had to even think about the play calls because they should have had the ball first and goal. Right. Correct. So, right. I mean, I definitely agree with the change, but it's just, it feels a little like, you know, next year maybe holding will be Maybe a little, little too robotic. Yes. Yeah, a little too robotic. But uh, you know what? I, I, I agree with it. I hope they don't abuse it. I think the coaches will probably honor the fact that, you know, that that's going to happen in the end zone. How many? You, there's going to be offsetting penalties on those Hail Mary plays because everybody's pushing everybody out of the way and holding and pushing. It's it's going to be ridiculous. But on those plays on the sidelines, it's going to be easy. And, and if they know if they waste a challenge on one of those plays, it's they, they can't have it later when they need it anyway. So it's right. you know I, th- I think it's going to work out well. Yep. All right. Uh, so number two in the Mad Max minutes. He did good on that first one. It was well done. It was well done. Go ahead, Jason. You're on a roll. Power forward Jordan Bell of the Warriors, was suspended. The reason he was suspended is he charged a $15 candle to assistant coach Mike Brown's room while they were on a road trip. And apparently he had been uh, hazed as a rookie, (laughs) and people did the same thing to him, like, you know, charging, like, candy or soda or, you know, something small to his room. And so apparently Mike Brown was not aware of this and was none too pleased. Oh, wow. Yes. Now, now this is the same Mike Brown who was being paid by both the Cavaliers and the Warriors during a finals recently because he had been fired and had a guaranteed contract with them. So, I mean, his contract was five years, $20 million, and he's complaining about a $15 candle. Now, I get it. It's the principle. Yeah. But you know how much that cost Jordan Bell? How much? 
$9,505. That's a first-year teacher salary, I think. <laughs> that candle better smell really good. That, that, be, that better be like one of those candles that can you know, leave a scent on you that you could pick up anybody you want on the street, and they'll be your best friend. Magic candle. Magic candles. Yes, like maybe something that was in the room that Robert Kraft was in, but I digress. Do you know what you know what cracks me up? Have you ever bro- broken down a major league contract, like a hitter or a pitcher, and you look at their contract? How much per like, per bat per pitch per, yeah. or per yeah per you know swing and a miss? It's it's ridiculous how much money it's it's probably close to about nine thousand dollars a pitch. It's crazy. All right, number three. Number three, and this um, kind of sad that uh, John the Hurricane, the talent, is not here to hear this one. Who? I'm sorry, oh, did you oh, yeah. say talent? I forgot. He doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> oh, man. This is a good segue because we have the big league softball champions with us from 1988 and 89. Do you guys remember a young lady named Monet Davis? No, the uh, little league pitcher. Right? Yes, yeah. pitcher from Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. The Dragons, I believe, was their team name uh, before they you know, became the Mid-Atlantic when they made it into the Little League World Series. She still pitches on a baseball team in the summer. However, she thought she was going to go to college on a basketball scholarship, hurt her ankle over the summer. The mid-major programs were the only ones really looking at her, and they shied away. She is now going on a full ride to Hampton University to play softball. No kidding, really? That's unbelievable. So so how many – did you do any research on how many sports this girl plays? Uh, they said she played as many as possible. She won a state championship in softball and soccer, and also was the best basketball player at her school. There it is, right there. That's uh, how many. I, I would love to I'm do sorry, a little that's research. Multi-sport athlete. That's what I I'm would, hearing. Right I would there. love to see if she played on any like AAU teams or any of those teams that everyone's touting as the reason why you're going to Division One schools or we're going to get you a Division One scholarship. I'll I did read anything. something that she said um, she got a little burnt out from AAU basketball. I don't think there it was it called AAU, but it was privatized. I cannot wait. I'm actually going to ask because Kim's over there. She, <laughs> she's shaking her head up and down, and uh, I, I couldn't I, – I, I would love to do more research on that girl and find out how many of her – other sports were AAU. Was it just basketball? And how soon did she burn out and all that stuff? Yeah, like she great. played baseball for a traveling team, but I think, I don't know if it was like specifically AAU. I think it was more about culture uh, and going to visit like Jackie Robinson yep. and stuff like that. Well, yep. like the, the grave and, and everything he stood for. Yeah. So I'll tell you something right now. I, I don't think there's, there's a lady in this room right now that played privatized any sport. If I, am I right? Karen, did you do any? Kim? I don't think they existed back then. They didn't, right? Back when we were... And, and you guys won a national championship. It's weird how, uh, you know, when you when you can play together as a team, everybody plays their role, how far you can get. <laughs> and, yeah, we just did summer leagues, right? Just little yeah. league and farm yeah, did, league. Do you feel like you, you were pretty good players coming up through? I mean, obviously, that's a loaded question because there's a banner in, in the Deering Gymnasium that shows that you guys were pretty good. But you think you needed it? Would you have... A, Taking advantage of that, would that have helped you further your career? I mean, Karen, you pitched in, in college, right? I know you don't have much of a voice, but... Uh, yeah, I played in college. Um, I also played three sports in college, actually four. Um, I, I'm glad I didn't have to deal with the pressure that these kids deal with today. I liked playing one per sport per season, and it gave me a chance to look forward to the next sport. And in each sport, I played a different role. So having that opportunity 
and that ability to diversify not only between sports but between roles I think has helped me through different aspects of life and I'm really grateful for that yeah I mean it, that's there's something to be said for learning how to work inside of a uh, inside of a team and with a bunch of people that you respect and all that stuff so so the Mad Max minutes well done sir concluded I, I mean that was dynamite I don't know how many minutes that was but it was really good <laughs> when I when I was listening to last week's podcast, yeah. I was counting it and I got to like four and a half minutes and I was like, okay, I'm going to stop counting now. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break. How'd you get anything for me before I uh, before I go on break here? Uh, stop! No. Stop trying to hold my hand. That's just weird. No. Like, nobody can see you holding my hand in the podcast. It's weird. It's, it's very so it's soft. Not the time. And soft and dreamy. <laughs> Can't help it. So we'll be right back. We're gonna uh, we're gonna interview the uh, 1988 and 89 uh, World Series champs nice. here, at, right in my own house. And I was lucky to actually graduate with these ladies and kind of grew up with a couple of them. So uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what their their reflections are and and uh, how that experience is, has kind of helped them or guided them uh, down the road here. So we'll be right back. I did. I, I did. I grew. I grew uh, two inches in college because I graduated when I was like twelve. <laughs> My mother kicked me out of the house at three. <laughs> I was I was seventeen for for a couple months when I started college, and then I grew two inches and gained fifteen pounds, which meant that I was actually the scale registered my weight. <laughs> All right, you guys ready? All right, we are back, and uh, that was uh, that was a good song. It was. It was a good song. I, I was a huge Guns N' Roses fan um, when I was when, when we used to warm up for basketball my senior year. Guns and Ro- you guys remember that Guns N' Roses was that was it, right? Guns N' Roses and Metallica, and that was what got you pumped up before uh, before any game. So I'm a huge fan of that song. But uh, Welcome to the Jungle was was probably my favorite of all time. But that one was good too. <laughs> So we are joined here today with four members of the 1988 Legends. and 89. Seriously, it's still legendary what what these ladies did, and obviously their teammates, who some of them didn't show up tonight, Dottie, Daniel. No big deal. We're not going to name any names, Dottie, Daniel. Um, so uh, we are uh, joined by uh, Karen Bailey. How are you doing, Karen? Hi. Hi. How are you? <laughs> and uh, Kim Shaw. Hello. Can I use your, your high school names? Is that okay? Yes. Yeah, because that's how, you know, obviously Sports Illustrated is going to remember you guys. So, and they're obviously going to listen. Lisa Farr? Yeah. Yeah, the microphone's in front of you. She's just a little shy. Hi, Lisa. Hi. There it is. And, uh, and Fran Aceto. Fran, welcome. Hello. Um, so uh, we also are joined um, on the podcast by a, a legend in the city of Portland. I'll be at the state of Maine. Uh, Lisa's dad, Ron Farr, is here as well, and he's organizing the 30th anniversary of of this legendary uh, group of group of kids from from Portland, Maine. So, uh, Ron asked me um, at the Little League tryouts. He said, "Hey, do you think you can help me out here?" And I said, "I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it when we do the podcast." And so, Ron, how many years have you been coaching? Uh, this will be my 57th year. Did you say 57th year? 57th. 
So you started when you were, what, five? <laughs> <laughs> 1962. 1962. No, he was six. Oh, my God, Ron. You're, you're a podcast all into yourself. Yeah. So, so what, was, what was Little League Baseball and softball like back, back when you first started coaching? Give me a little summation of that. Well, way back, I go back to 1962. Um, things have changed from then to now. I mean, back then we had uh, nine leagues with six teams to eight per league. Now in the city, the whole city of Portland, we have a total of four teams. Yep. And I think people are just, the kids are just getting bored playing baseball. Yep. You put them in the outfield, they stay there, no, no action out there. So yep. they go into soccer, uh, lacrosse, uh, camps. And so we're just losing numbers yep. year by year. Then the kids that the kids that are are playing today are very. I've noticed that they're very devoted. They love playing baseball, so it's almost whittled itself down. Now I remember in in the late seventies, it was that was it. Little league baseball was it. We we that's what we lived for. We played wiffle yeah. ball in the backyard, and we played uh, home run derby over the you know the light poles or the um, or the the uh, the electrical lines or home runs, and then we'd go to baseball practice, yeah. and we 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 didn't want to leave. Yeah. So we, we had, I grew up in River and we had a pretty small, small league. We only had four teams in our league and we were one of the smallest, but I will never, ever forget that experience of, of, of playing little league baseball. And I remember all the guys, I could name them all, uh, on my baseball team. And I still have the pictures from when I was, when I was a kid. Do you think, do you think the demise of, uh, baseball or the decline in baseball is, is due to just that, that, that it's just not that exciting baseball? Yes, I believe so. Uh like I said before, uh, coaches in the past, I've seen them put kids out on the field all year long. They don't develop. They sit on left field. No, no balls come to them. And so they get this, you know, um, this hot. They so you know, the, the, all the kids, they want to put the infield. So where the action is, they want to pitch. They want to catch. But you put kids out on the outfield, yeah. and they just don't. Uh, they want the instant They don't grasp it, no. Yeah. They yeah. don't grasp it. But, uh, yeah. We have a, uh, a new rule here. It's called the wrong fire rule. I know that guy. I, I think this is the only league in the whole state of Maine that has that, meaning that each kid is got to, regardless of age, in the Portland Little League, is got to play three full games and three innings every game and even more. Uh, uh, so uh, it gives them a chance to develop. Now, before, the kids are only playing two or two or three innings, one time at bat. They get up 12 times a year, so you can't develop a kid that way. No yeah, way. Yeah. The season is too short, and by me adopting this rule, the kids are in the game now. They know they're going to play at least three, four games, and it's been it's been a you know, remarkable turnaround for the kids that you know. That, that that's playing right. It keeps it keeps them interested, right? It I does. Mean, it, 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 it keeps right. them in the game. They they're they're feeling like they're part of a team, which is right. which exactly. is a huge part of little league. And uh, exactly, yeah. So, um, do you remember the eighty eight, eighty nine? Do you remember that that whole summer, both of those summers? Oh yeah, yeah, I remember it. <laughs> so, well, I mean, I have a uh, a couple of antidotes uh, to say. Uh, I kind of I was on the fundraising committee there and. Uh, I was working nights at the press house, uh, so uh, I made all the games, but I couldn't make the um, the uh, the regionals because of the time frame of my work schedule. I said, "Geez, I hope they win that final game, uh, <laughs> so I could go to the World Series." Okay, right. so uh, 
So uh, the, I, the report, I worked in the production department, and the, I had a report that gave me play-by-play -play every inning. So, hey, Paul's down by one round, Paul and Ty to score every inning. But all of a sudden, I don't, a half an hour, I don't hear from him. <laughs> I said, oh, my God, I, hear, hear, I guess I have to uh, call it quits, you know. Uh, so half an hour later, um, the reporter called me back. He says, hey. Main one, uh, your daughter does a two-on triple in the uh, overtime. So I took, I had about 100 papers in my hand. I just threw them across the floor and <laughs> was so excited. <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's, that's And the, awesome. uh, the other one was uh, the 89 one. They went down to, um, first, I guess it was a flight. Uh, they were late getting in. I guess they didn't get to bed about 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. And so they lost the first game, and uh, I said to my wife, I said, you know, we better pack our bags, as, you know, because I, I hate to go home early, but no way they can win this now. You know, losing the first game, being yeah, 10, they have to go through yeah. the yeah. whole bracket. And uh, by God, they did it. And I, saw, I said, gee, you know, if, if they win this, I'll buy my daughter a car. <laughs> the car is still pending. <laughs> 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 so you got that going for you, Lisa. That's awesome. <laughs> what an experience. So, so how much, Fran? I'm going to move over to you for a second here, Fran. How much? How much of that that uh, that entire first experience? Did you ever think that you guys were going to get that far? Did no. you guys know how good you were? The first year, we were very, very talented. I mean, every position, somebody could play the game, and somebody could, you know, support each other. And it really, we were amazing the first year. The second year. That was interesting. Sometimes I'm not sure how we pulled that off the second year, but the first year was just so much talent. It was like a daring Portland Bone Eagle team together and then throw in the rest. It was a, just a wealth of talent. Yeah. I mean, Shelby Marshall is probably the best catcher I've ever seen in my entire life. Now, where, where did she go? She went to York. She was a York kid? Yeah. 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 So was this, this team, were these teams a mishmash of, of all of the state or was it just a certain league? Well, it was like a Sunday league that we played, if I can remember right, Sunday league that we played, and we played a couple games a day, and it was Portland, you know, Standish, that thing. But um, we had Shelby came down from York, and the first year Holly Stevens came down from the Coney That's area, right. Augusta. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we just meshed us all together, and we just played, and then we picked like an all-star team and just kind of just went for it, just started tournaments. Unreal. So, so Lisa... I, I, I know your dad told the story, but she's trying not to talk. She is trying really hard not to talk. But you notice that I'm going to move. I'm going to move to you first because it's going to be easier that way, Lisa. <laughs> just, just rip off the bandaid. So, so what do you remember about? Let's start with the triple. What do you remember about? Do you remember hitting that thing? Do you remember any of that? You know, Franny reminded me of that today. Um, actually, when um, I saw her earlier today, she reminded me. Of that was one of the things she would never forget, and I did forget it. Let me ask you this: what, what was what was the stuff that you remembered? What was the big stuff that you remembered from from that entire first experience, that first year? What do you remember? Is it the people? Is it the games? Is um, it the? I remember being homesick that first year. I remember I was I was um, I'm not a big traveler, and I remember being homesick and just, just wanting it to be over with. And then as it as it went on. And we started winning, and we developed relationships with these families that we stayed in um, the homes. You know, they became family to us um, to the point where when we were in Indiana um, the first year, 
Annie Kelson and myself um, stayed with this family, and I think we went back to see them two or three times after, you know, a few years after, just because we had developed such a relationship with some of these people that let us into their homes and yeah. and um, and stay with them. Um, I think um, I, I would say if it wasn't for my dad, I I, I don't think it I ever would have. I, I remember growing up and. Um, we had a big field behind my house growing up and it was always mowed and huge field. And every day he would, I'd get home from school and he'd say, come on. And I'm like, Oh my God. dad!" (laughs) And he'd take me up to the field and he would have a whole ball of buckets and he would pitch like 30 balls to me. And then I would hit them all. And then he would make me go chase every one of them. He would not go and get one of them <laughs> and bring them all back to the pitcher's mound Smart and then man. get back up to bat yeah. for years yeah. and years. Do you remember that, Dad? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, and he was, you know, he was hard on me. I think, you know, he wanted me to do well. Yeah. And, uh, but. Yeah, well, he was the first of, like, he was well ahead of the times because nowadays, every parent is that, that has a kid that's involved in baseball, they're all over at, those private lessons doing, you know, whatever they can in the off season. It's and, true. And he was just ahead of that, ahead of that curve, right? Back yeah. then it was kind of like, everyone's like, geez, that guy, that Ron is mean. <laughs> now they're like, wow, what a great guy. Yeah. <laughs> Ron, you could have made a ton of money. You could have. <laughs> so. Well, he didn't make any of my other, my sister or my brother do any of that. It was just oh, me. Oh, yeah. Remember that? I don't remember that. <laughs> it's because they didn't have the athletic talent. That you had. That's all. We'll, we'll say that. Yeah. So Kim, I'm going to move over to you. Okay. Um, slide right into that microphone and uh, and tell me what your your fondest memory of that first summer was. Oh, the first summer, the my fondest memory is coming back home in the airport and just the the crowd of people, like it was towering, and, and um, the the reporters just stopping you and interviewing you, and the bright lights from the cameras, and we had a, a homecoming that was amazing i mean i don't even and it was just you felt like a rock star i mean it was <laughs> did you awesome. know it was going to be there when you got home i had no idea because you know you have that ramp you have to go up into right. and then as we get around the corner we we were at the end and there was just all these lights we we're like what what is this <laughs> and then there was just a ton of people and i just could not my face hurt because i was smiling so much <laughs> it was awesome so did, did, did now the trip away, I mean, you talk about the coming home. Do you remember winning that first time? Do you remember what that felt like? I do. And, and it's the it's those butterflies that you feel, you know. It's like that. I, I can't explain it, but you're all fired up and excited. And, you know, you're happy for everybody. And when that win came, it was just like I, I remember the pile of people at home plate <laughs> that happened. And when they were trying to dig the coach out of the bottom of the pile not our coach the other coach because he was trying to save his catcher from the bottom of the pile so yeah just stuff like that and in the camaraderie with the teammates and being with the families that we stayed with was everything was just amazing and I'm not a traveler either but um I remember my parents surprised me going down because he's like ah we can't make it you know we can't afford it and then they surprised us and so it was neat. It was just a good group of people. Yeah. So the so, um, thirty years ago, this happened. Can you still, when you think about it, 
do you still get the butterflies? Do you still feel that that yes. energy? And when you get around the girls, do you do you feel that energy? Yeah, I have it right now. Just talking to you guys yeah, about yeah. it, it's really cool. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Franny doesn't let us forget it. <laughs> <laughs> Fran's good at that. Yeah, every Franny's year. She's good. All right. Uh, so, so t- I, I, before I move to Karen, I, tell me about your parents again, because nowadays parents are spending thousands of dollars traveling with their their sons and and daughters and i can't remember who said it on the podcast but oh it was bob marley he goes he goes i played baseball and my family my parents had a job and i had a bike (laughs) and that's how it was back then right you go go play and uh and it was you know for two it was like yeah i get it i you don't have the money nowadays you you get kids are like "What, what do you mean you're not coming with me you yeah. know, it's thousands of dollars of hotel expenses and yeah. just to get into the league it's kind of cool to have that experience how much did you grow being away from your parents and understanding that it's you know I'm away and it's just me and my friends yeah it was it was a really neat experience it was probably the first time that I had been away and it was nerve-wracking and you know we were all in this you know little van you know <laughs> just like traveling across this, the United States and it was it was just really neat because I had a similar experience with uh, as you did Lisa with my father always taking me to the Deering High School field and, and just hitting them to me you know balls to me and me chasing all the balls to bring them back and um, so we didn't have to do you know any of the AAU stuff or the you know the specialty sports stuff we just did it with our parents and kids that were around I'm going to ask you a really hard question. How would your team fare against like a Scarborough right now? Like a, some of the best players right now. How do you guys think you guys would do? In our current state? Or- <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. Yeah. Good answer. Yeah. Getting to first base is hard. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. No, I think we could have fared pretty well. Um, I. I think the pitching was just as good as it is now, and it, yeah, we had a lot of strength. I think it, we could do pretty well against them. I remember watching you guys because I played baseball, and every once in a while we'd be able to. Our schedules were just offset enough so that we'd go watch our games, or you can watch ours. And I remember thinking, watching Karen pitch, I was like, "There's no way in hell I could hit that. <laughs> there's no way in hell." And there's a, there was a kid last year that reminded me of of Karen um, uh, Volk. You remember that this kid? You probably coached her at some point, but she she reminded me of Karen because she was so overpowering, and nobody could hit her. And it was it didn't matter what she threw; nobody could hit her. And I, I remember thinking to myself, yeah, I wonder how, I wonder how that group because you guys were so good. How many did you guys win four state championships when you were in school? Three, Three out or four. four. Three, Three out, out of four. Is years, that what? It was? Yeah. But you were right there in that other yeah. that other year, right? Yeah. And I remember thinking, there's there's probably never going to be another Deering team <laughs> like that, or has been. But um, all right, Karen. I gave you enough rest and enough water. You're up now. Talk to me about uh, talk to me about how that experience uh, has has kind of grounded you or or developed you as a human being. How many times have you drawn back to that experience in your in your lifetime in your adult life? The opportunity that playing on that team gave me was again being with with friends, meeting new friends. Staying with host families, um, and again getting outside of the state, which back then didn't exist like it does today. 
So that was probably one of the biggest adventures was playing out of state, you know, and not knowing what was coming up next. And you just kind of took one game at a time. And you played that game, and you won, you went on to the next game, and you won, you went on to the next game. Um, and I guess that that's really been kind of a key component for me in, in doing all the different things that I've done is, you know, you, you just keep playing the game one day at a time, one game at a time, whatever it is that you're doing in life. Um, whether that's, you know, for me in the business world or health challenges that, you know, my friends and family have faced that I try and help them with is, is it's always, you know, let's just take one day at a time, you yeah. know? I, I remember the first time we were out in Indianapolis and kids throwing from California and she's throwing gas <laughs> in the Lady. freaking left-handed batter's box and we're swinging like there's no tomorrow. And I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Time out here. And, you know, I, let's just take one pitch at a time, guys. You know, we can hit this. Let's make her throw strikes at least. And uh, it was just so different. And once everybody kind of settled in and got over the kind of the awe of, oh, my God, this, this is a California team. And it's like, wait a second. They put their pants and their socks <laughs> and their shirts on the same way we did this morning, one leg at a time, and tied their shoes. And, okay, let's play some ball. Um so those lessons are, are so valuable. Um, and the friendships that we made, even though we don't see each other all the time, you know that you can always call on anyone from either of those two teams. And they're still right there um, for anything that you would need. Um, and, and that's priceless. That's one of the common, the common themes. I ask that question of, of all of the, our guests that have gone to kind of the next level, like Regan Flaherty answered exactly the same way. I was like, do you remember games that you won? Do you remember big hits? He goes, no, I, I remember my friends. It's always those relationships and working inside of a team to a common goal and knowing how to deal with different personalities inside the dog. Because if, you, if you've never played sports or never, well, I'll say this, if you've never traveled with a team, because it's a completely different thing when you travel with a team and when you just play with a team, Two completely different things. If you travel and you stay and you get in fist fights, you 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 know you fart with each other, you burp with each other. You know everything about each other, and that's that's the truth. Not that you guys ever farted, because that, that I know Lisa's looking over at me, going, "I've never farted in my entire life." But. A couple fist fights, though. A couple. Fi- oh, really? You got a story about that? I'm going to come back to that one. But it happens, right? Because you become a family. How, how many were with Tim? <laughs> I probably deserved to get punched out a couple of times, but yes. I didn't. But I remember, I remember, Karen, I remember you uh, and your dad up in your the attic of your house. Was it the attic or the the basement? I was in the basement. You were in the basement, right? I remember, I remember that conversation with your dad, and your dad said, "Come downstairs and check this out." <laughs> it was like the ceiling was; it couldn't have been more than six. I mean, I, I dragged my hair dragged on that that ceiling. <laughs> And you were down there throwing all the time with your dad. How much of an influence did your pop have on your your success? Oh, my father was a huge influence. Um, I mean, just like Lisa's story and Kim's story, um, very, very blessed that my dad was always out there playing with us. You know, he worked his regular, you know, 7 to 5 job, and by 5.15 he was changed and outdoors with us catching or shooting hoops or going down to Pedro to uh, hit balls or field balls and... Um, it just the memories of that are are 
unbelievable. Um, and, and again, I've got to give my mom tons of credit too for for allowing that to happen. So, <laughs> you know, she was inside cooking dinner and doing yeah. dishes and making sure we had clean uniforms and the whole nine yards so that dad could be out there there playing with us. Um, and, and when we needed a backup pitcher, mom mom did fill in until Kim hit her. <laughs> and that was the end of that story. You know, so. you know what my favorite part about your mother is? Her meatballs. Oh, oh that lady it. can oh, cook. God, I love yeah. those meatballs. She, yeah. I did some work at her house recently, and I walked out with fistfuls of meatballs. And oh, yeah. she, you don't leave her house without having pockets full of food. Oh, if you leave her house hungry, it's your own damn fault. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm going to come back to you, Lisa, because Lisa started something, Hutch. Jason, did you hear it? Something about fist, fist fights. fighting. Now, this is not something I'm intrigued. Here. I'm intrigued as well. Lisa, you got a story for us? I don't think Ann Kelson's going to be listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe she might. This might be the only one she listened to. <laughs> Tell us all about we, this. We've, we've um, you, you know, s- traveling, I think, um, it was mostly one of my arguments with, were with Annie Kelson. And yeah. she's one of my best friends today. Um, but... Um, yeah, without a doubt, she we've had it we've had it out and and um, physically physically have had it out a couple times, but yeah. you know we get over it and we move on and you know you just so so it's it's very familial. Like the reason why I asked you about the fist fights is not to find out if you made Anne bleed because that's that would be a difficult task I think because <laughs> Anne was tough. Where is Anne Kelson by the way? Before I she on. she's in Vermont, um, in Burlington, Vermont. She stayed. yeah. We try to get to try to get down there every year to go see her and um, spend the spend the weekend in Vermont, and then she comes home a couple times a yeah. year too. So I see her when she comes home yeah. um, to see her parents. But so it's it's it, the the familial thing is very. Um, it's it's very common with 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 travel teams and people have gone through big experiences together. Like Jason's baseball team when he was in high school, they were they were a dynamo, right? I mean, how tight are you with those guys, Jason? Um, to this day, every summer we get together and play in a softball tournament down at my buddy's uh, house in Massachusetts, and it's like a Bruins alumni softball tournament. And yeah. there's about seven of us, or actually eight, probably that go to that. And I mean. At our age, to still be hanging out together and still be playing, I mean, we're not playing baseball, it's softball, but still, but, you know, to be getting together for something like that, it, it's insane in my mind. Yeah, it's just you go through that experience. Like, I remember Hutch and I talk about this all the time, is the the brotherhood and sisterhood that you that you create through sports is 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 enormous. It's it's the It's your best friends, the people that you know the best, the people that you can call on at any time. I mean, Fran, how how often can you call these guys and just you snap right back into wherever you were when you last left off? And it could be years, right? Oh yeah, we could we could not talk to each other for thirty years and we'd still pick up like it was yesterday. And especially having a special bond with what we accomplished in those two years. I mean, I don't know if you'll ever see it again. So I, I don't. I mean, I don't yeah. think so. <laughs> I don't think so. But uh, it, when you uh, like Kim Shaw, Kim. Sorry, Kim. I'm going to keep calling you Kim Shaw. But Kim, you you uh, you are well involved inside of youth sports right now. I see you all the time in some sort of venue. Do you see the similar? Do you see similar things happening with kids these days that that maybe weren't happening? That same bond that's happening with that happened with you guys is that going to ha- is that going to keep carry on? Will it be that deep? It, I don't think it'll be that deep because you know. They're doing it all the time, so the novelty's not there. Um, what we had, we really worked for, but we didn't have to like do it 
all year round and be with the same kids all year round. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, what we have is really special because we really had to work for it and we did it on our own and we didn't have to have specialized sports. Um, I think they take it for granted these days, the friendships. Karen, what do you think about that? I know you do a lot. Of, you used to do a lot of private lessons. I know you're wicked busy right now, but what do you think about that? What do you think? Uh, let me let me re, let me rephrase that. With the kids that you have worked with, do you see them developing? And now I'm going to rephrase that because the kids that do the travel teams, they usually travel in pockets, and so what we've noticed is that the kids that are that are doing these travel teams, when they go play on their high school team or they play in that, that pocket of kids, they're tight with the kids on the other team but not as tight with the kids on their own team. Do you see that a well, lot? Well, I think that's one of the things that's somewhat changed with the you know, advancement of these travel leagues is that they're, they're all-star teams. So they have friends from all these other schools, um, and it isn't always their high school team. Uh, you know, that was one of the things that was somewhat unique about our, our all-star team was that there was a core nucleus of, of three high schools coming together with some additional players from York and Coney and Yarmouth and where was Karen Greenwood from, Franny? Farmington. Farmington. Uh, and, and that was also what made it unique and special was you got to meet these other kids who you never saw during your regular season because they played Class B and we right. all played Class A. Um, you know, with the travel teams now, again, that's one of the big challenges is a lot of kids are not playing high school because they're playing travel. You're hearing a whole lot about the politics of sports and, you know, kids are getting all this playing time and our superstars on their travel team but then they go back to their high school team and they're not getting the playing time. Um, you know, we never had to deal with that because no. there was one season. You played your high school season and then you played your summer league and that was that. Yeah. And there wasn't year-round and you had to wait <laughs> until March, the third week of March, for your high school season to start and you were thrilled to be back in the gym. Right. You know, yeah. and, and your, then your arm was sore for three weeks afterwards because you were so excited. Right, yeah. exactly, and that was the same with every other sport. You know, yeah. um, Fran is a vault of information, isn't she? Oh, she's, she's unbelievable. When you guys need to know information, you just call Fran. <laughs> Absolutely, that her memory amazes me. the The statistics that she can pull out about any team and any game from any year is absolutely unbelievable. She's like the Hoff. So. She's like Mike Hoffer. Michael Hoffer yeah. is like that. He can pull out statistics like that. Fran, you should be a writer. <laughs> Screw this whole teaching and coaching thing. You should just be a writer. So, uh, Franny, I'm going to draw you back because you do have such a good memory. Who's, who was the coach of that team? The George, George Roberts right, was the, right. the yeah. first year, and the late Phil Madison was the assistant. He's that's passed right. on um, yep. last year. That was, was my little league coach. Was it really? Phil yeah. Madison, yeah. Yeah. And then the second year was George and Joey O'Connell. Are those guys still around? You guys in touch with those guys? We saw George a few years ago at a reunion we had, and I think he's in the Carolinas. Um, Joey, I'm not sure. I think he's in Standish, somewhere around there. And then um, Phil passed away last year. Right. So nobody gives a crap about the coaches because it's all about the kids. 
I'm just kidding. George just, was a, George was an excellent coach. Though. Yeah, he yeah. really was. He and, knew that he knew what he was doing. Yeah, George so, was an excellent coach, and and what a lot of people don't realize is is George actually funded a lot of the travel and trips and different things like that, which I didn't learn until much later. Oh, really? You had no idea he was paying for all that stuff. No, that's awesome. No, that he just awesome. made it seem like you guys just show up and play and and don't worry about it. Um, you know, which was really great for us and um, you know, be, beyond just being a great coach and and giving us that opportunity and creating that for us as well. So So what about what about coaching Lisa? You want to you have any desire to get into the coaching ranks? Are you coaching now? No, so I I coached um Special Olympics for basketball actually oh, for funny. for like six years um, my dad um helped me coach and my husband at the time um was the referee what does yeah. that middle finger mean is that mean number one <laughs> sorry <laughs> so do you guys one. remember um scott siegel he, yes, I the Seagulls. Yeah, so he he was a big, huge part of um, Special Olympics. He ran a lot of programs, so he kind of got me into it, and I just loved it. And um, the the kids just they just have a different appreciation for for taking the time, you know. And uh, they just are so they get so excited. You walk in, and they're like, "Coach," you know, and That's and awesome. they see you in the grocery store even today, and they just remember you. Yeah. Um, but that was that was the extent of my coaching actually for for five or six years with a special needs basketball. It was pretty cool. Do you ever want to? Do you ever want to get back into it? No, no. <laughs> it's totally different coaching. That was and pretty emphatic. Right? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's totally different coaching and, and playing. Yeah. Two totally totally different animals. It's it's not even remotely the same. And I, I honestly can say I've had I've had teams like Hutch and I and Jason and Carrie Ann Potter. D Potter. Maxwell, Maxwell, Maxwell the third. Uh, coach, we had the two best years I've ever had coaching. Sorry, boys, but easily the two best years. We had uh, an unbelievable pitching coach that coached Jason Hutch and I. And <laughs> I watch I watch that video frequently. There may be photo evidence. We of may, that. We, we it's may not actually, flattering. We may actually post that as our our podcast. <laughs> I guess picture, but I think my belly impact. button actually makes an appearance in that, that picture. That form was impactful. Yeah, but uh, it's it's not it's not for everybody. And sometimes the best players are not the best coaches. There, it's, it's, totally it's right. it, and a lot yep, a lot so of that's times, true. yeah. And they the people that had to work for it the, the hardest. Version? They know yeah. that Ooh, Jason's showing everybody a picture right now of of Hutch, Jason, and I. With with right. Karen teaching us out of it, I notice call, Tim's uh, belly button. Let me let me find you some video. It's, it's stellar. It's bad. We might actually post that on the Buzzsprout. But <laughs> Karen was kind enough to come down with Kelly That's and do a pitching lesson with us. But it we, did not we, go well. We all thought it was great and that we were doing well Our pitches when we made reached the wall. The wall yeah. yeah, and Karen was... said, "No, that's not something to uh, cheer for." Yeah. Karen's like you guys are a little more practice guys a little more practice you guys are doing great don't put your coaching down that was after 30 minutes we were making the wall it was listen it was embarrassing it was like oh my god we're the three stooges holding and and I think the three of us all were like we're athletes how can we not get this oh I don't know you didn't realize how hard it was I wouldn't call Hutch that I would you know I was a wrestler. I wasn't an athlete. This is a different thing. Loud and swain was an athlete. So, I, I do want to say that um, you know when when Franny brought up uh, Coach Roberts, so his daughter also played, and she was a pitcher as yeah. well. Um, and every practice and uh, that we had, 
Coach Roberts would pitch to us, and he pitched to us at 80 miles an hour. Really? He could throw it, huh? Oh, oh yeah. Really? And windmill at, an, at 80 miles an hour. So there you go, Jason. We learned video. to hit you know, um, these you know, 90-mile-an-hour pitches out from California um, through him. And I, I, do, I, I contribute us being turn, able turn to win that World Series um, from Coach Roberts because how did, how did he learn how to pitch? Was 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 he in a league or did he just teach himself? Yeah, he played in the Portland Fast Pitch League. There oh, was he a did? men's fast pitch league. Oh yeah. Wow. Way back I didn't know when. that. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Joey O'Connell played Over in it. Eyes. Tommy Ferranti. That would have been something that we mm. would have uh we would have So he pitched to us and he and pitched in that league. That's what a huge advantage. Yeah. That, might be that is true. That was huge. Yeah. So yeah. so did um so Joey played and George played. Did Joey pitch as well? Did they all know how to pitch at that point, or was there? No, was Joey was a shortstop. Oh, he was. Yeah. So he was a good athlete then. Joey, yeah, hell was a, of an athlete. Yeah. yeah. Was he a younger guy? I don't remember. I don't remember. I remember George, but I don't remember Joey. He was over at Portland High. He was at Daring. He was at Portland ah, High. He helped out Phil remember. Jones over at go. Portland. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the the high school season. I want to bring you kind of change gears just a hair because I want to talk about that second that second season. And I know you've alluded to it that it was kind of a mishmash and what are we doing here? But because there's something, there's something there, but the high school seasons, um, if you compare the high school seasons and all the state championships and the success that you guys had at Deering to the summer league, how would you rate those two in comparison? Which one kind of do you remember the most? Is it one mean more? Is it the same but different? Anybody speak to that? For me, for me, they're different. Um, because again, I, I think you, you've got your high school team where, you know, back in the day there was a lot of pride in, in playing for your school and, you know, it was, it was that group of, of players. And then we went on to the world series team and it was a combination of players. So the competition was very different. Whereas your school team was all within your class and kind of being the best in the state in your class. The World Series team was about being the best in the country because, again, for Big League World Series at the time, they called it the World Series, but it was really only within the continental U.S. Um, So they were very different as far as the excitement about each of them. So to be able to have an opportunity to be part of both is pretty incredible. So, and rare, and it's it's still yeah. to this day that's rare. Has anybody done that before, Ran? Fran? Done what? Done the have, have we gone to? Has any team from Maine done what you guys did? No, because I think the year after they might have went to like the regionals, but that I haven't. No, I don't. Which, which kind of surprises me that people don't know about it. I mean, not that I think that we need to have our egos stroked, but I when every year when little leagues go to the you know tournaments and stuff they talk about different teams making it but i never hear about us <laughs> right. which i think we're the only team that has done that in maine yeah. and that, and they it, it's um it was a mishmash of kids from all over but the bulk of the kids were were daring kids and what's lost is that you guys won all the time it wasn't like this was this was new. Somebody should have been following you the whole time, and yeah. like we did because we knew who you guys were. But but it's it's amazing to me when they talk about like when they when they're televising the boys little league World Series and they say no team has ever from Maine has ever you know like yeah, exactly. I, I, actually, I know some girls that I'm <laughs> that, on that their, have already done I'm on this. the website right now, 
And the closest to Maine that has won was Connecticut in 2007 and then Delaware in 2013 and repeated in 2014. So is that is that big league? Yeah, that's so- the it says past divisional champs big league softball. And uh it looks like Portland Maine was obviously 1988 and 89 and then until then the next, you know what I mean, it was like uh a bunch of Maryland, Florida, California, Texas, Michigan, Maryland, Michigan, California, Pennsylvania. Right. Singles. Yeah, and then all of a sudden Connecticut in 07 and then Delaware in 2013 and 2014. There you go. So that held for 25 years. Puerto Rico in 2016, it appears. So I guess it is now a World Series. Yeah. You know, I also think Are that... the World Series, Delaware? Uh, Delaware won it in 2013 and 2014. Oh, did he win it two years? Oh, but it's two different districts. District oh. 3 and District 1. So we are the only ones. Uh, Maryland won <laughs> three in a row, District 7, 97 through 99. But, I mean, for what you, like he's saying, for what you guys did for a team from Maine, I hate to say it, but that'll probably never be done again at the I, national I don't think level. So. Does, does everyone here agree with that? I think, though, when we, when we first, we were a bunch of kids playing softball in the summertime, and I think, like, you know, we just kept playing and playing and playing. Like I didn't realize how big it was, how big of a deal it was until we actually came home. I really just thought it was just a bunch of us. We just kept winning and we were having fun and we just kept playing. Hey, why not? And I didn't realize like it was such a big deal until I came home. We came home and like Kim said, um, the, the airport was completely full of people, fire trucks everywhere. And then all these people who taped all the newscasts and then I saw those and said, "Wow, we that was kind of it was kind of a big deal. Like it didn't hit me. I was just thought we were ha- having fun. You know what I'm saying? We were also so young, though. I mean, we were people so forget we were 16 and 17 yeah. years old. That's that's a testament to your coach, though, and 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 to your parents because they weren't hyping you up. No. Nowadays, it's on TV. It's it's yeah. everywhere. So you're getting hyped up. You guys were just playing for each other. Yeah, we were and, just hanging out, and playing you're having, ball, right? And you see yeah. how far we can do. How yeah. far can we go? This is great. Yeah. And then right. we come home and see how people were watching us every second of the way. They were, we were in the paper. We were this. I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You and then kinda... we knew more the second year. Yeah. We knew what to expect right, right, more right. the second year. Yeah. Right. And that, let, let's talk about it. Nice segue. S E G U E, right? Perfectly Siggy. Uh So tell me about the second year. Uh, and I don't care who starts this because I, I think that. I don't know if the first year or the second year was more remarkable. I personally think that the second year was more remarkable because it's hard to repeat. Like the Red Sox are talking about right now, Alex Cora's big thing is let's do it again. Did you guys have that mantra or did you just go do it again? I I just want to say that, and not to mention any names because it doesn't matter, but I did feel like we went into the first year with more power and a stronger team. And so for uh, for me anyway, the second year was we're okay. You know, we're 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 good, yeah. but um it wasn't it wasn't at all like I I had more confidence in the first year for sure. Yeah. Second year was to me was like wow, like I can't believe we just kept winning. And then our first year actually our coach George Roberts, we were on our way loading up the bus to leave Maine and found out he had a heart attack. Wait, he Remember? I thought it was, I don't know if it was a heart attack, but. 
and he had to meet us down there. Something happened. Something medically happened. He didn't tell you he had a heart attack, but he probably did, right? I mean, he did. He I had. I don't remember if it was. Oh. Everybody was. Am I making this up? Hey, Lisa, it was thirty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> something that some, it's okay if you don't remember. So I do remember. And that. he had to meet us at down in Pens- in uh, yeah. Pennsylvania. We had to go without him. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, go, go, you know, I'll meet you down there. He just yeah. he just wanted us to go no matter what. Like, he had it. So who was missing from that second year then? So was, was Missy on the – was Missy, Missy Kelsey? Was not a, Missy yeah. was – Lisa Hilton, Missy, Holly, they were all – Tracy. Tracy, Denise, so they were Roberts – no, Rouse, sorry. Both Tracys. Yeah, they were all but, gone. So Tracy was, DeWest was on that team? The second Tracy year. Tracy was on the second team. On the second so team. So missing from the first team was Missy Kelson. Tracy Deniso or Tracy Rouse, oh, right. Tracy yeah. Roberts, Holly Stevens, Lisa Hilton, Carla Manganello, Shelby. No, was Shelby on the second team? Yeah. So yeah, so there were seven. There were seven of us that played on both teams. So. So who were the seven that played on on both teams? So it was you four. Was was uh, was Dottie Shel- on both teams? Shelby. No. Shelby. Dottie. In the second year, we're talking. Who's on both both teams? Both teams. Who, who, who traveled um, both? Shelby. Shelby was... Annie Kelson. Annie. Yeah. Fran Infantine? No. No. Second year only? You guys are so good. I wouldn't, re- I wouldn't remember this for the life of me. I can't that remember. So maybe there was only six? It might be. No, Susie Hewlett? Yes. Seven. Susie Hewlett from Bon Eagle. That's pretty good for thirty years, right there. Remembering that, you guys, I'm telling you right now. So, so the so the 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 second year, you didn't have as much pop in the in the order. Is that what you're saying? Uh, but your pitching was solid. Is that is that fair to say? Because I, I found that, and I might be wrong. I don't know if it's the same now. If you have good pitching, you can go a long. Well, the second year we way. just had you, Karen. No, no, you had me. You had Danny Waterman. You had Danielle and Karen Greenwood. And Karen Greenwood. We just had you, Karen. <laughs> Ooh, ouch. No. You might want to cut that one off. No. This is why she gets in fights with kids right here. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's great. Um, did you pitch the bulk? Did you do the lion's share of pitching? I did. George was always very good about rotating us. Um, and actually, it's, it's funny that that comes up because the first year, um, the rotation was between Holly, Tracy, and I. And... The time came, and it was actually my turn to pitch. And George came to me and said, Karen, it's your turn to pitch. If you want to pitch, I'll pitch you. And I said to George, I said, you play me wherever you need to play me. I want to win. I don't care about pitching. Um, He said, we're stronger with you at third. So he pitched Tracy, and I played third. And sure enough, that's how we beat the California team is that she was actually, she was a figure eight push pitcher, and she was too slow for them. So she was. Yeah, they were ripping the ball down the third. So yeah. I, yeah, I, I played the hot corner, very hot. So, <laughs> um, how, and we pulled it out. How deep did you play on the grass? Were you back? Oh, no, 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 no. Two steps in front of the bag. <laughs> Spoken and, like a true Bailey, right there. That's awesome. And the first year we played on a true little league field with a grass infield. Oh, really? Yes. It wasn't until the second year that we played at the IUPUI college field where we had a dirt infield. Oh, my God. So that, that first year that we played a on a true, yeah, true little league so field. So for people that don't play baseball or softball, grass lends itself to 
funky hops, if you will, and uh, lots of black eyes and bruised shoulders and neck balls. But on a on a dirt, all dirt infield, you get you tend to get a little bit truer hop, maybe a little bit faster on the second hop. But uh, so playing against the California team that uh, that could that could absolutely tear the ball, you just never know where it's going to hop. Did you, did you take any off the face? No, no. Were there any? Would you guys wear goggles back then? No, no. <laughs> None of this sissy goggle crap. <laughs> no caged helmets, nothing like that. No. So it was just straight up Iron Woman baseball, softball. So, Kim, what position did you play? I played second. Second base. Second did, base. Is, did you ever move from second? Uh, I may have played shortstop the second year, maybe a little bit, but did, that's about did it. Did Missy play short that first year? Yeah. And then Annie in center. center. Yeah, and then I Tracy, don't know why I remember oh, yeah. this. I remember watching those teams so much. But and then you played first. So who caught? Who Shelby. Was, Shelby caught. Okay. And then Dottie yeah. caught the second year. Yeah. Dottie and Shelby. I remember caught. Dottie doing it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. When there's a there's a ball hit out to center field, you better. I, I was always had to be ready because Annie Kelson was throwing it to first base from center <laughs> field to throw them out. She was such a phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, probably still is, but she was such a phenomenal athlete. Both both Kelsons were very good. At, Good, good athletes. Yeah. Missy was a little bit smoother than Anne. Anne was a little bit more volatile, if you will, or just just violent. But uh, <laughs> she she's like uh, a lot of the girls these days. We say she plays like a guy, where she just has no problem diving for balls and making contact. And you don't see that a lot in in women's sports in general. But Anne was all Boy. all aggressive. She was just she was just she wanted to get up in everybody's face. It's no wonder you guys got into fights, Lisa. <laughs> Would you say that every game you played that summer, at least one of your players dove for a ball? Minimum? If that was required, if that was needed. Okay. We had a team that people did what needed to be done for the team to win. And that's what made these teams great, is that it was somebody different stepping up at different times when we needed it. And I only asked that question because... We went about two years and saw maybe one, <laughs> one or two dive attempts. I'd say one and a half. Yeah, probably one and a half. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was interesting. That was one of the things that shocked me when I moved from baseball, coaching baseball to coaching softball was, was, was just that fact. There's, you know, boys would lay out for a ball just for nothing else than to get their uniform dirty. And, and you know, they might not have got the ball, but they were trying to – but then we we had to, I literally had a practice where I taught the girls how to dive for a ball without you know hurting themselves and they still wouldn't do it. And this is a varsity team, not yeah. little league. It was just different. I mean, it was, it was it's different now. But I remember I can remember watching you guys play when you were in high school and it wasn't one of you that had a clean uniform after a game. <laughs> you guys played with reckless abandon and that's you know a lot of the reason why you probably did so well. But so um, I'm, I'm going to continue with that second year. So so you played. Um, you played through. Did you beat everybody that year? Was it easier that year than it was the second year, the first year, or was it similar in difficulty? Fran, <laughs> I don't remember much. <laughs> I think it was um, difficult the second year, um, especially the regionals. Um, we played uh, Williamsport, Pennsylvania, and they went on to win the World Series a few times on that list that you saw. But they were um, very well coached and very well, and they were tough to beat both years. So the second year. I think we lost even in the regionals. One of the games we had to come back and win them all. If I have that right, I don't. I think this, the first year I think we were undefeated. Nobody beat us, but the second year we did lose some games and it was kind of scary. But 
Lisa Farr had that huge hit that put us in the finals. <laughs> that she doesn't even remember. <laughs> but do you think, were, were you able to, to draw on that experience from the first year for those of you that returned, that, that when you started to face some of that adversity that second year, you know, any of that, like, hey, we, we've been there, we can do, like, did that, did you, were you able to draw on that experience even though you may not have been as talented as you guys said? Yeah, definitely. And I think the second year in the World Series when Ron Farr said we lost the first game, we were all cooking and looking at each other like, we're done in a way, we felt. But then we looked at each other and said, okay, guys, let's let's do this. I mean, Kieran said it. Let's just play ball and try to get back in this and see if we can beat a couple of these teams to just get back there. And mm-hmm. we just kept winning. And then all of a sudden that California team shows up again. And we're like, oh, my God, we're playing them again. And we have to beat them twice that day. Yeah, We had to beat them in a doubleheader. You know, and we did. So The other part of that I think that makes it amazing is that, you know, these other teams that we played like Florida and – California, they play all year round. Right. You know, so this team from Maine that comes and only plays a few months a year, to me, just glorifies the whole the whole thing. It, that that always strikes me. Any team that plays up in the Northeast, and and you find a lot of the Division three colleges are in the Northeast or in the in the Northern Hemisphere because they can't they can't develop talent. They can't play as many games. They can't do all that stuff. They can't. They can't. So when you see a team that goes into the World Series and they're playing against Japan and Florida and Arizona and California teams, people don't really realize how much of how difficult that is to be there, how good they must be in order to get there. And then there's the other side of the coin is we're not exhausted. Like we're still fresh. Like colleges down south, they love northeastern players because we're still fresh. Our arms are still fresh. We still, you know, we still got life in our arms where the kids down there are playing 60 games. So there's two sides of that, that coin. But for, for back then, we only played, how many games did we play? How many games did they play in Little League, Ron? Right now? Right now. 12. Did we, did we play 12 back in, back in the... Yes, 12, yeah. So for a group of kids to come together after playing 12 games and make it through that many different tournaments... How remarkable is that? Hey, uh, well, today uh, we have a 12-game schedule, and uh, the season starts uh, last of April and probably closes up around June, first week in June. Yeah. So it's a short time. Then it goes to All-Stars, and that's over by, you know, how, depending on how far you go. Yeah. Yeah. So have we ever had a main baseball team? In, in recent years, have we had a main Little League baseball team do what these ladies have done. Do what? Have they have they, have they ever ever gone that far? The World Series. A main baseball team. A main baseball team. How have they ever gone to no. that? No, no, no. Westbrook made it to the Little League That's World right. Series. Oh, five. Oh, five. Yeah, they oh, made five. it. Yeah. yeah but I think I don't even think they won a game like out any, there. Were there any Babe Ruth teams a, or? Uh, there was another team. Oh, uh, Fathers and Sons uh, from Westbrook. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, There's my next door neighbor. Um, is a GOB. And uh, he said that his Little League team, he's in the Hall of Fame because they went a considerable distance, but he said that was back in the, the 50s and 60s. So I didn't, I didn't know if that was... Is that the last time somebody's gone that far from the city of Portland? Are these... You guys might be it. I mean, you that might be the only the, time the a main Portland team... team right? We keep saying that, but that it's it's becoming more remarkable as as the years go on, but... And Lisa doesn't even remember, you know, saving the season. <laughs> She'll just call Fran. 
you know, she'll call Fran and Fran will take care of things. So what are you guys doing now? What what is what does life look like for you? I know what you're doing, Fran, but where, where are you teaching and coaching right now? I'm a, I'm an ed tech at Lewiston Middle School, and I coach the field hockey team there, which is kind of funny because I played soccer growing up, and um, so I didn't know anything about field hockey, but it's fun. And then I help out with the um, the girls' varsity, as you know, Tim. Yeah. Um, so I I really do enjoy being in education. It's really cool to see these kids grow up and what they've done and run into you years later, and they still remember you. So it's cool. Yeah. What about you, Lisa? Where, where are you at? Um, I am a, a supervisor out at um, Outpatient IV Therapy um, Infusion Center out in Scarborough, um, uh, the Oncology Center. You make babies? Do you make babies? Is that what you just said? Tim, no. Tim, Oncology. Oh, Oncology. <laughs> sorry. Uh, sorry, he's an engineer. Just forgive him. I didn't, I didn't hear the end of that. <laughs> I'm just curious what you thought I said. Not... Not in vitro, I didn't hear it. infusion. It cut out in this thing, so I didn't. I didn't oh. hear what you said. I said you Did you see this. how we tried to cover that up right there? I don't. Yeah. This That's is what he does. Out on me. It's killing so me. So I supervise all the all the um, the the um, preparation and and chemotherapy for uh, um, adults and also for Maine Children's Cancer Program. I make all their chemotherapy as well and oversee the the process. You save lives, then. Let's, can, can I put it that sure, way? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Jim. You can you can shit on me all you want. Let's go ahead. <laughs> That's coming. I, will. I know it's going to come later on. But. All right, Kim. I'm the recreation and athletic director at the Long Creek Youth Development Center in Air Gould School. So for teens at risk, and I've um, started the the um, sports programs over there since um, ninety. Well, our first sports season over there was 2008. And that was basketball. So we've done lacrosse and soccer, outdoor track, um, and we were one of the first teams, high school teams, to join the club ultimate leagues now. Oh, They've you're been, doing that, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's that's what I do. We do I do a bunch of different things. I mean, I do a, run a puppy program over there right now. A what? So a puppy program. We like a therapy um, adoptable. You make dogs. babies. <laughs> 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 Sorry, they're cutting out, Hutch. He, he went to Deering. That education is a little... I wouldn't know. I don't. So, yes, that's pretty much what I do. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. All right, Karen. Uh, got, I horses. work in healthcare. You make babies? <laughs> Not usually, but... Okay. I usually help them. There but, we go, all right. You know. Uh, so, yeah, so I've been working in healthcare. Just, Doing physical therapy and holistic healing center that I just opened um, and working in that. So really enjoy that part of it. What's the name of your business? Optimal Performance. Yeah, And where where are you? I'm in Scarborough. This podcast sponsored by. (laughs) So, uh, Jason. Yes, Tim. Now, I want you. Now, you're 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 from away. So central Maine. Yes. Central Maine. And uh, you. You. you are probably familiar with this entire story, I know, because you're you're fully involved with with softball right now. But give me some of your uh, your takes from this. Uh, first, first take would be um, the the jealousy that I feel that they won the Little League World Series because as long big, as big I can league. remember, as a child, my dream Did you just was say just Little a, League World Series, big big league. Well, it's the same thing. It, it was a little league thing. And then it was called the Big League, but it was like Little League was the association. Am I correct? That's true. That's true. I mean, it's not like I said they make babies. 
I mean, that's I, fair. I don't know who would say that, Jason. That's fair. <laughs> so, so, so that's my thing. Is like, is f- the first time I put on a glove, or you know, probably a year after that, it was like, oh, I want to win the Little League World Series, and I'm sure you were the same. Absolutely. And probably Hutch was when he played the Little League. I mean that that was the dream. And then the other takeaway I had was listening to her say, what, what was it you said about, um, like, when you came home, like, just the lights and how many people were there? Yeah. Uh, that's how I felt when we won our two state championships at Winslow High School, Go Black Raiders. And you notice how we pulled that in there? And, I mean, you know, that, but listening to you talk He's about smooth. that was the same as when we had, like, the parade coming home and, like, you'd get off the highway and, like, the fire trucks and the police cars and, you know, everybody's, like, rooting you on and there's more people than you've ever seen probably in your town there for you. So, I mean, that that was my other takeaway was as she was explaining that, that's exactly how I felt. Yeah, yeah, it's very relatable. For, for people who have gone through a similar thing, which I haven't, <laughs> Only through these guys because I mean the same age, but but it's 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 relatable, right? You can it just brings you right back. Yeah, yeah. Hutch, what about you? No, Are you listening? Think... <laughs> well, other than when you were talking, yes. <laughs> you make no. babies. <laughs> no, I just think it's uh, you know what we uh, you know you when we're saying about your your time together, um, you know, so so Tim and I and and uh, and Max over here and. Um, you know, Franny coaching now and, you know, you know, Karen, you've, you've coached a lot of athletes and, you know, we've seen those changes over the years and, um, you know, I just, it, it, it makes me a little nostalgic to think about the mentality back, you know, and it's, it makes me feel old now to say like back in those (laughs) days. Uh, but it's just, it's just a different mentality that, that, that school pride, that school community, um, you know, it just it does make me want uh, for those times again a little bit. I mean, obviously times change, and you know sometimes they change for the better, and sometimes you know not so much. And 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 those are the things where I think when we talk about our community, uh, yeah. the community may change, but to have times like that, even for a different looking community these days, um, it'd be great to have some of those feelings again. And and so to hear your memories now, thirty years later, that those are still things that had such an impact on your lives. Um, yeah, that's what I want for the kids that I teach and the kids I coach. And uh, I, I want that when I talk to them 30 years from now, whether it was a national title or, or they just made the varsity lineup, um, that, that they have some of those memories 30 years from now that they say affected them and, and helped influence them the way they influenced you um, and, and your lives. Regardless of what happens, and I think this is the power of sports, and I, I know, Ron, you've been, you've been coaching for a long time, and there's, there's a reason why people – people coach and the reason why the people push other people younger kids into into sports is that those are my fondest memories of growing up and they're also some of my proudest moments were were playing sports and not necessarily successes you you find success because you work hard and maybe you've got a little bit of talent but but i those those successes are they're okay they're second best to the relationships that i created with and the memories that I created with those people that I became that became tightest with, and uh, one of my takeaways from this group is is like what you said. I'm jealous. Yeah. I'm jealous that you guys had that experience, and nobody can take that away from you. No matter what happens in your entire life, what happened when you were 16, 17, 18 years old, nobody can take that away from you, and it it's ingrained in you. And um, 
and I and I love that you guys are all in a field where you're helping other people because whether we like to or not, the, our successes in life and what we felt, it drives us to make other people want to feel the same thing. And you're Absolutely. all you're all in places of helping other people. Look, look at the and that, everybody sitting around this table. You know, and all, that's not an accident. That's like, not that, an accident. That's a thing. It's you know, and that's where when we talk about. Uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, hopefully our our budget in Portland's looking better this year than, than it has in past years. But, uh, you know, one of the first things that always seems to be on the chopping block are athletics. Um, and, and I think to the athletes that we've coached, I mean, the, the number of athletes that we had at Westbrook that uh, if it weren't for sports, they might not have been walking across that stage for graduation. No way. Yeah. Um, you know, so so you ladies that are here, and and uh, you know, at least your dad being your coach, and the influences that athletics had on you, um, and have had on the three of us, uh, you know, where would we be without that? And you know, Tim hit it right on the head. You're all in fields that help people, and it's no mistake that people involved in athletics are the ones helping people now, um, and that's just phenomenal. And I hope that continues. And even even that, and you can you, you can say what you want, but look at the 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 people who are most successful in their lives, whatever that success may look like, they're former athletes. A lot of them are former athletes or, or part of some sort of organization that, that created a bond that helped them, you know, move other people in a direction. But you're going to say something, Max. Yeah, no, uh, kind of to touch on what Hutch said, um, you know, my, like the friends I mentioned that we still get together and play softball with, um, you know what I mean? Those relationships are priceless. Um, I mean, just like meeting you and Hutch. You know what I mean? I met you guys through athletics. And you know what I mean? Like, you go, guys are great go, guys. Go see lines. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go see lines. But you know, you, like what Hutch said, I mean, it's so true. Like, I would say, if I had to guess, I would say 90% of the people I'm friends with are through athletics. Some, some way or another, whether it be coaching playing um you know my wife playing a sport with them or you know anything it's and it's probably actually more than 90 percent. i bet you if i include skiing as a sport can we do that yeah oh god god yeah then yeah. i think we're at we're probably at 99.9 percent of the people i'm friends with are through <laughs> athletics <laughs> all seven people that jason is friends with <laughs> 6.85 of them yeah. are through athletics so um thank you guys for coming on uh, I know that Ron, we're gonna we're gonna honor these these ladies and others hopefully at the uh, opening ceremony of of Little League this year in Portland. Am I right in in saying that? April twenty seventh, and uh, where are the ceremony is going to be? Bobby, where's the ceremony going to be? Is it? Still? I think it's going to be held down to uh, Payson Park. Payson Park, where it yeah. normally is. Yep. So yeah. I, I have an eight and a nine year old that will be at at the yeah. ceremony, and yeah. uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna lobby for Hutch to sing the national anthem. I'm just kidding. Don't ever, don't ever let him sing the national anthem. Are you just but, upset because you forgot the lyrics one time? Sure. <laughs> I should have. I do that have up. video of that as well. Good God! I think maybe we should bring that out. No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't let think me, we need well, to. Let me scroll through the phone. So that'll be opening day. You guys will be there. Hopefully, you guys will be there, and along with um, some other people. Maybe I don't know where George Roberts is these days. He's down in South Carolina. Whatever, George. Down in the, the warmth. Maybe we can con him to get up here and uh, and, and be honored as well because it's you know you never know we you know we're getting old. Can we have a pay per view uh, Kelson Far brawl. Oh, do you guys have any pictures of the aftermath of that fight by any chance? <laughs> uh, 
So thank you, ladies, for, for coming on. I, we really appreciate it. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. If you have no, don't get a hold of Jory O'Connell. Uh, who's who's going to speak for the girls? Well, that's a good that's a good point. I have no problem doing it, but uh, as as part of the media. <laughs> <laughs> but it might be it might be nice to get somebody like okay. like a Michael Michael Hoffer to Hoffer Davey. Uh, Davey. Uh, Davey's always oh, looking you know for some what? good local stories. I bet, I bet Travis. Goldberg. Lee Goldberg would Lee do it. Goldberg. I bet he would. Travis Lee. Deering Zone. Yeah, we could find somebody Travis, to get, yeah. get down there. If they don't do it, I'll do it because I uh, I, have, I have no problem doing getting in yeah. front of a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe some uh, index cards for him so he won't forget the words. Jeez, grow. I'll it's, never you know, live that down. No, no, you will not. But and of will, all people to forget it, too, because like, it's like the one of us who could have been singing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well... I, I I think that you know chemotherapy is making babies. That's my, that's ninety ninety nine percent of my freaking problem. Apparently, <laughs> thank you guys for coming in. We we uh, you guys are welcome to come back here anytime and replace Jason and Hutch. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming in, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.